Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Coming up, our favorite team that had a very sensible NFL draft. We'll give you our three examples. Outkick 360, number uh, hour number two underway. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. Big headline from Adam Schefter. Cardinals Pro Bowl wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins suspended six games for violating performance-enhancing drug policy. That's big. Talk about Kyler Murray just getting himself a receiver. Uh, good thing for the first six games, and that is a uh, very un-DeAndre Hopkins uh, thing yeah. in most of our this, eyes. Uh, <clears throat> makes, uh, makes total sense now why they wanted to be so aggressive at wide receiver. If they knew it. that had, oh, Of course they knew it. They would have known that he failed the test. You would think. Um, they, the reports were that they wanted to be aggressive and move up in the draft for wide receiver. And the day of the draft, they traded for Hollywood Brown knowing that, um, well, and, and, and rightfully so, they predicted, not knowing, that they would be out of the market where they were selecting, what, pick 24? Three. 23? I think. Um, to, to get a receiver of great value there and instead trade for Hollywood Brown, who's already at the draft party, Whenever the uh, the trade becomes official that night, now you want to see their schedule and what's who yeah. they draw in their first six. Yes, it's a it's a that's a crucial suspension for Kyler Murray for Cliff Kingsbury, who's going to be on the hot seat entering the year. Uh, that is a that's a big, a big loss for a crucial part too. of their of their yeah of their locker room, but of their offense uh, with what he brings. Just consistent play, uh, but they get you know they load up on tight end this in this draft and they they end up with Hollywood Brown along with a younger receiving core. So they still have AJ Green or no? I don't know if they signed or not. Did they? Yeah, he's he's there. Well, everything he, he I was, was looking impressive. at pre-draft about their configuration on offense included AJ Green, so I'm pretty sure he's still there. I'm look, trying to find their yeah. Once the schedule comes out, that's going to be one everybody's going to be looking at to see just what's going to happen with the Cardinals. Schedule released, uh, what, a week from yeah, tomorrow? Yeah, the 12th? week from Wednesday. Or two weeks from Wednesday, maybe. Yeah, coming right around the corner, Paul. You're right, the 12th. So the 11th, if it's the Wednesday night. Is it Wednesday or Thursday? I think it's the 12th. So May the 12th, the Thursday, uh, a week from Thursday is when the NFL schedule will be announced. They're going to announce the uh, international games this week. We know the home teams, the designated home teams, the road teams will be announced this week uh, to make those five games official. Um, Yeah, so DeAndre Hopkins suspended six games for violation of the league's PED policy. 
Um, they never disclose what the performance-enhancing drug is, but we know it's not the steroid policy because it would be a, under a different classification, right? No, I think that's performance-enhancing. Oh, not for, no, for um, a drug policy. It's not like uh, It's not uh, the... There are two policies, yes, performance-enhancing yes. and the other policy, which none of us are getting off yeah, the The illegal of drug policy. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely steroid-related is what I was saying yeah. or trying to say. Um, yeah, so that's, that's know, big news the day after the draft. It could come out and say something that I didn't know I was taking. or Sure, but uh, it doesn't you know. matter. Right. No, I know. But th- this is the standard yeah. st- uh, yeah, you're typical right. reaction. And now we, now we get the... Or he just apologizes. Or yeah, or yeah. Or now we get the he'll appeal. And will they, will they lighten the suspension down. or no? Rarely comes down. And um, six versus four, there's something to six versus four, but I don't recall what that is. I'm trying to think about receivers that have been popped for this. Julian Edelman yes, had this happen. Uh, I can't think of a ton of receivers, that position, uh, with the PED suspension. Well, I mean, I, I wonder when they would have tested him. Well, all, uh, you know, there's random testing year-round, I think. I thought it was just in-season. No, I think that's the uh, the other the drug policy. Yeah, the other. <laughs> so they can just randomly show up at your door, and the NFL's knocking on their door at at six thirty in the morning on a Tuesday I in February. They, I think they give you notice of uh, we need to know where you are tomorrow, and they show up. It makes me think that they got tipped off, you know, or something to to do that to actually get someone with a positive test in the offseason. Maybe not. Maybe it was all just completely random. I think it's random. Legit random. Will Fuller, he was suspended for six games for the PED drug policy. Didn't help him because uh, it didn't help him stay healthy. We know that. (laughs) You're right. And that's what a lot of this is, is the bounce back, because he broke his collarbone, right? Right before that. And then was popped for it on his his time back. I would have loved for him to have stayed healthy because he would have been. He's a free agent now. Yeah. And he's a danger to sign. Because yeah, you don't, yeah, you can't trust. Can't count on. That's why he's exactly right. That's very why he's compelling still player. Uh, Grizzlies and the Warriors, a very compelling series is what we're going to end up with here. Um, yesterday's game, game one in Memphis, uh, surefire example of what to expect. One point win for the Warriors. But if you're just the casual basketball fan looking for a reason to watch, this is filled with star power, young star power. And the veteran star power of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson that made shot after shot after shot in the second half after Draymond Green was ejected in the second quarter. And the Grizzlies uh, stuck, stuck in there. They had a chance to win John Morant on a layup that was too strong at the buzzer. Um, but, that man, they, the, even the guys off the bench, Chad, are getting it done in this series. It was Jordan Poole's 31 points off the bench for the Warriors that ends up being the deciding factor. You can always tell by the emotion of these NBA uh, playoff series early on just how good a series is going to be. And you could see how much it meant to Steph Curry, who's won multiple titles already, to win game one in Memphis. That was an emotional ending of that game, that entire fourth quarter. They know how good the Grizzlies are. They know how good John Morant is. And this isn't someone trying to win their first title. Steph Curry going into the series says they remind us a lot of us early on when we were trying to win our first title. High That's confidence. what the Grizzlies look like right now. Uh, it was a very, very good – I watched the fourth quarter of that game. 
But, I mean, back and forth, uh, big shots made. When John Morant gets the ball in the open court and is just pushing it towards the basket. The, I mean, the Grizzlies get in this fourth-quarter mode where their offense is simply, that's, it's all it needs to be. John Morant with the ball in his hands, go do what you want, and have four guys out around the three-point line. And maybe one guy breaking in toward the basket. They have one big guy that hovers around the basket when he drives. Uh, terrific game one. I love Draymond Green going complete psycho uh, on his way out of the arena when he got ejected in the game, you know, doing almost like a victory lap, getting the crowd to boo <laughs> and get louder and louder on his way out. Um, some people, you know, think that makes him a clown. I think it's entertaining for these series. It's going to be fun uh, to watch this back and forth. Now, we said this after Kyrie Irving had his back and forth with Celtics fans, and then it wasn't fun the rest of the way after that. So hopefully this series lives up to it. This is an interesting test case for me. Can I bring myself to like and appreciate and even root for a team extracting it from its town? <laughs> well, um, did, have, have you seen the overhead shots of Memphis, by the way? No. It's just it's way smaller than I expected. I guess smaller. because Nashville's skyline gotten has gotten so, so much enormous. bigger over the last five years. But every time when they come back on ABC, they show the Mississippi River and downtown Memphis, which looks tiny compared to other skyline shots of other do cities. Do you guys do this now? It reminds every, me a lot of Oklahoma every, City when they have those shots. Every time I'm somewhere now, I compare it to Nashville, obviously. So like Teresa and I, were in Phoenix. We're looking at the Phoenix skyline. I'm like, this isn't bigger than Nashville. Is this bigger than Nashville? It, it's not bigger than Nashville skyline-wise anymore. Well, and Phoenix like, to is me, so sprawling. Nashville, their, their downtown's not much. Yeah, to me, though, that Nashville skyline is bigger than Phoenix is hard to conceive. It's all jammed in there because of the placement of the river and the city here. I mean, that's... But that's uh, to right. me, Nashville's Phoenix bigger than Phoenix. Phoenix is much more laid out. Yeah, sprawling. Phoenix is, you know, you could go to Scottsdale. You can go to Tempe. Yeah. Glendale, those are all their own the cities Phoenix that Metro are all around in a, in a way, shape, or form. Um, but, but like, you're not if you, if you're out on the city of Memphis, I'm so out on the city. Then of you're Memphis. not going to get behind the Grizzlies because very much they are tied to that the city fabric. The ethos of Memphis yeah. is tied into the Memphis Grizzlies and uh, and the fan base. Go Steph. Um, you guys are still remain in the Warriors, right? You haven't deserted your Warriors. Yeah, I, I mean, I remain in on compelling NBA games. Yeah, um, I, I'm. I, I, this, this was compelling from start to finish yesterday. The the uh, you had the eject, ejection on uh, Draymond Green, where uh, going to the basket, he goes up to defend the shot at the at the rim, hits a guy in the face, then grabs him by the jersey on the way down and pulls him down, and they got him for a flagrant two and an automatic ejection for that. Um, instead of going for the ball, they claimed he was, you know, deliberate I thought it was a bad call. swiping at the face. He popped him pretty good. Yeah. And then Draymond does a really good job of acting like he doesn't mean to do something yeah. when it's easy to let go of a guy's jersey. I think it was a bad call, but given his history, that's why he got he got popped with it. Yeah. And I understand that because his history is not good. Uh, so most of the time when he's doing something, it's intentional, even if he's trying to make it look like an accident. I really wanted the Grizzlies to win yesterday because I thought that's what it took for this thing to be a seven-game series. I think Golden State winning that way on the road, coming from behind a bit in that game, in game one, probably sets this thing up to be five or six games. Now Memphis needs to in win Golden two in States, a row. Well, Memphis has to win now, you know, game two at home. It, it becomes a must win. Uh, but I thought the Grizzlies holding on to win that game 
would have set this thing up for a lot more compelling basketball in a seven-game series. I don't see that being the case now. They will play tomorrow night in Memphis. 8 or 8.30 will be that tip-off, and then game three will be Saturday. So you get game two Tuesday, game three on ABC Saturday out in San Francisco. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, if you're just joining us, he's being suspended for six games for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing drug policy. Cardinals wide receiver. Um, he is not – if he was appealing, he's dropped his appeal. So it's final. It'll be a six-game suspension. Uh, the first six games of the season for Arizona, they'll be without DeAndre Hopkins. Big That's news. A significant, significant move uh, in a very competitive division. And there's no way that they're caught off guard by this, that this has been a deliberate plan to bolster that group. Well, you talked about Hollywood Brown being at their draft party. Uh, that would tell you that uh, yeah. why they were so sure they were making that trade. It wasn't contingent on uh, on anything or anything like that. The surprise to me maybe is that Baltimore was so sure it was making that trade before you got to clock time and saw what was available there. For well, them. the, they, the they, reports what the. The reports were with Hollywood Brown that he demanded a trade, and it was just kept under the radar, that he wanted out because he wanted to play for a team going into a contract year that throws deep, and Baltimore does not throw deep. And they they facilitated his exit. He really uh, – Lamar Jackson was not happy about this. We hadn't heard from Lamar Jackson at all. Yeah. All offseason, and I mean, he's got contract issues that he could bring to the forefront. He hasn't brought those to the forefront, but he let it be known to the Ravens that he was not happy with this deal. But Hollywood Brown really threw him under the bus. Yeah. And they're boys. But he said, man, it's the scheme. Well, the scheme is the scheme because of Lamar Jackson, his buddy. They, they well, I, he also, Lamar Jackson also responded after they drafted a safety and a center <laughs> in the first round. That's whenever you're like, wait, hang on. Well, he's going to appreciate that center. I mean. Oh, sure. But you see the Titans who part ways with a wide receiver go yeah, goal, draft a wide receiver. Yeah, it was all part of you the know, they grand plan. Then they go draft a you know, nose tackle. Oh. <laughs> Nash would be burning right now yeah. still. Still <laughs> if that would happen. Yeah, no, no kidding. Um, look, the, the, the number of SEC players – it's not going to surprise you that they led the conferences in most players drafted. The thing that surprises me is their ability to reload year after year. At, through the first three rounds by a conference, 40 picks in the 2020 draft. And this year they had 34 in the first three rounds. So they came close to matching it. In totality... in 40 last year, 34 this year. Yes, and... Let's see, the last year they set a record, an all-time draft record for most players selected by one conference, 65 players. This year they tied it. They tied their own record 12 months later with 65 players selected from the Southeastern Conference through seven rounds. So, you know, every, every time they're setting all these new records, they're putting all this PR out there, and it's all, you know, a lot of it's fluff. You know, it's, oh, look at here, and, and a lot of it's Georgia and Alabama. The only program in the SEC that didn't have a player drafted was Vanderbilt. And for the first time since 2014, Vanderbilt didn't have a player drafted. So it's, it's not just the two marquee programs that made a lot of headlines. 
every program is seeing. I mean, Tennessee had five players drafted in this draft. Um, and you go around the you go around the league a bit, and you can find rounds one through three. Plenty of teams represented here. It's their ability to reload and replenish. And next year, it's just rinse and repeat. Yeah, it's almost not even fun anymore, the dominance of the SEC. And I say that as a college football fan that would like some of these other conferences to step it up. UT Chattanooga had more first-round picks in the Big 12, the entire conference, uh, with Cole Strange. Zero in the first round. Miami, zero players drafted. Texas, zero players drafted. This is unacceptable. But if you want to point to why, why would Texas and Oklahoma – be in a hurry to get to the SEC? Why are other programs probably looking at the SEC and wanting to get in? This is why. The, the dominance of the SEC, and it also leads to Greg Sankey being the de facto leader of all things college football because of what we see with this conference. By every metric, you know, wins, uh, the national championships, bowl games, money, NFL draft picks, NFL superstardom, the SEC wins time and time again, and it's to the point now where I would like a little bit more competition, quite frankly. It's getting old talking about the SEC's dominance. These other conferences need to step up. 65 sounds like a lot, but this sounds like more. 262, Mr. Irrelevant was 262. So that's 24.8%, 25%. One of every four players in the draft was from the SEC. That, uh, for some reason, 65 sounds like a lot. 25%, one out of every four, that's ridiculous well, and, and when that you do crazy. the math and yeah. translate that. And then consider the players who were at an SEC program who transferred. Jermaine Johnson, Malik Willis. Malik Willis. I mean, there are plenty of examples of guys who played elsewhere this past year that – don't count for the conference, but played in the conference. And they get credit for it in their film evaluation. You know, it's... I mean, does it creep up to close to 30% when you factor that in? Probably. You know, with players Pro- that transferred probably. out of an SEC school? But or that at least transferred to an in, SEC school? Right? Yeah, I mean, the Big Ten can claim Jamison Williams, I guess. I mean, the number one overall pick barely played. And if you go... Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> if, you watch, if you watch a highlight reel, normally a highlight reel can make any player look great. It's hard to find Trayvon Walker... And highlights of him doing what he's what he's just drafted to do, which is get to the quarterback on a consistent basis. And you know who's I mean, he's number real? one overall, and that's that's great, and, and more power to him. Uh, Trey, when's the last time the number one overall pick in the NFL draft was this least recognized and talked about? He was on screen for about uh, a minute, sixty seconds. Well, let's say sixty seconds. And then, how much was he referenced at all? Over the weekend the and, the and now moving forward. They really let him have – I mean, uh, the ESPN crew, Kuiper in particular, it's no strange thing, but did I mean, you, they let him have it. Did you hear that the NFL got upset with, with Detroit for turning in their card so quickly? Yeah, screw the NFL <laughs> on that. Screw the NFL on that. Uh, I'm with you. That's ridiculous. Now, the, I think teams should turn in their cards quickly all the time. If, well, you, they, if you have your pick established – Well, then it, then it would just become a log jam of, of – the announcements being made well after Twitter announced. Look, the pit, some which of those packages happening. are fine, but I, you don't have to do 10 minutes on every single guy. I understand it's a TV show. It's a TV show that needs to adapt to the flow of the news event that's occurring. Yeah, not the other way around. And, and I watched a lot of the ABC coverage the, throughout. I think they did a good job. It's more of a college-centric deal, but it's also the network that brings on the special guest, which is rarely any good. Uh, an example – 
Michael Buble should not be on set talking NFL draft at any point. Uh, that was not good. Chris Angel, mind freak, should not be performing magic acts during the first round also on television. Or how about the Make-A-Wish kid? How long was he on set? Uh, he was on set? He was on set. If not, he made a pick on Thursday or Friday. He was Paul, on set Paul, by the way, the first Saturday. person to complain about the Make-A-Wish kid. How about that Make-A-Wish kid? No, look, I'm happy the Make-A-Wish an kid is doing well and everything. This, I don't think he needs Paul to moment. be sitting. How about the Make-A-Wish kid? He doesn't need to be sitting on set. I didn't hear him. But I don't know why anybody wants to hear him for 10 well, minutes Paul, he, while news is unfolding. He had a heart transplant, and he's an aspiring sports broadcaster. Fantastic. So if they brought him on set, that's probably why he's on Is he talking about there. who was just drafted? When was he on set? I have no idea what you're talking about. He was about. on set Saturday. On for what 10 network? Minutes on ESPN. Well, Saturday, on they Saturday? Bar- on Saturday, they barely even announced the picks. They just a scroll. Yeah. They just announced it at the bottom I of the I thought screen. him announcing the pick was cool, where he had the big... I have no uh, problem with announcing with, uh, a pick. I have no problem Kayvon with announcing Thibodeau the pick. Kayvon Thibodeau on stage. I don't want Blue Men Group on the set. And I like Blue Men Group, unlike you guys. I went to see them. But they were also well, on the set. Well, yeah. Chris Angel, uh, Michael Buble should not be on set. Uh, maybe I'm, NFL Network. I may be weird this way, but I'm okay with the Make-A-Wish kid being on set for 10 minutes on also, Saturday. Also, By the way, on what, Saturday, what, that's a lot of programming to cover. What Chris Angel did was not spectacular in any way, shape, no. or form. A, it's not a real straitjacket, clearly. If you get out of it that quickly, it's not real. <laughs> B, it was like two minutes. He went up in a straitjacket, he spun, and he came out of the straitjacket. Woo! I mean, I've seen better tricks at Times Square from, like, guy dressed as Spider-Man. Well, the, the whole Vegas experience to me leads me to think that the NFL draft on location has jumped the shark. But I also don't necessarily believe that because I just think Vegas did a bad job. I think the original setup idea would have been a great visual. Yeah. Would have looked much better. They were in a hot airplane hangar. Yeah, it's got to happen And those on overhead the shots, it looked miserable. Nothing but concrete. Yes. And then these little bitty random NFL tents set up every so often. On Saturday, there was no one there when they had the overhead shots. It's probably 97 degrees. During the day, it was a terrible-looking setup, which leads me to think either come back to Nashville regularly. I have never yearned for Radio City Music Hall more in my life than watching the draft over the weekend. Kansas City, I think I'd rather be in Radio City Music Hall, watch that setup than this. Kansas City would do a better job in that power and light district area that we were that has more charm than the airplane hangar that you're talking about. If you're doing it in Vegas, do it on the Strip. I mean, apparently they closed down the Strip anyway. So it was a complete mess. For, for it was Thursday bad. they did. So put it there. And, it and let's see the strip. Well, they, they didn't want to put it there. They put it in front of the, the sports book. casino. Yes, they put but it you in front of tell. Caesars. There was nothing distinct. I didn't see much of Caesars. I thought it, I, it didn't look distinctive to me. Well, just, next, just, year, next year they're going to have the fat dude with eating burnt ends. That's really going to piss Paul off. Oh, yeah. We'll be hosting on Saturday, Edie Burn In. But by God, do not put a Make a Wish kid in there. That's going to really set Paul off. No Make a Wish kids' uh, wishes being make granted. Make the pick. This. Make the pick. On uh, Saturday, they actually do. They roll through well, it. Who was I, it that they had to actually get off the stage to make the pick? Uh, Marinero? Marinero. Yes. Yeah, yeah Marinero. It was terrible. That was classic. That woman is a hero. She had to go up there and say, go ahead. Let's read, wrap this read thing what's up. on the card. Yeah, yeah, and he's now made a bunch of excuses. He's like, they told me to go up there and have fun. And I was going up there and having fun. It's not like I committed a crime. Yeah, you committed a crime. You talked for three minutes. Three minutes. When you're supposed to have 30 seconds. But said the same thing over and over, which is how, how thoughtful it was that he was invited there and how it was a dream to be able to be in front of the, the audience Crowd making again. the pick. Yeah, he made it sound like he was wildly entertained. It's like he was thought he was 
was saying it for different time zones each time. Look, I love that Rappaport. Okay, now for our friends in Thailand, I'd like to say again that it's great to be here. Whoever it was that got the woman's name, the stagehand's name, that was great. She deserves. She deserves. And then he repeats it. They're telling me to read what's on the card. All right, guys. I guess, I guess our fun's one. over here today. Yeah. I guess oh, i got to read this draft deck this, out loud. This guy got drafted. They're making a big deal out of it. Oh, so here we go. Stealing my moment. Hey, not to be all negative, uh, one guest on the ABC set that was terrific on Thursday night, Travis Kelsey. They had him on, on set. And they even asked him about needs for the Chiefs. Yeah. They were picking. And he, he had a great response immediately. He said, that would be really unfair because if I comment on this at all, it's going to sound like I'm burying someone when I'm not about my own team, so I'm going to pass that. But then he actually gave a thoughtful response about their offense, and he just said, hey, we lost Tyreek Hill. So, you know, it'd be great to try to replenish that in some way was, was his Smart answer. Dude. But he was really good. Smart dude. What and which drafts do we consider the smartest? We've got examples of those. We each picked one. And uh, we, we can tell you they'll be different. Uh, from the top of the league to the bottom, there were several teams who really impressed us over the weekend. We also have a Make-A-Wish kid coming in to make his pick of his favorite <laughs> He's going to join also. us for 20 minutes. And Paul might spit in his face 20 before minutes. it's over with. This is Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Today's biggest sports headlines. This is Outkick 360 on the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us across the Outkick Network. Coming up in about 50 minutes, Danny White, uh, Falls AD. Our chat with him from the Big Orange Caravan that stopped through here at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. Danny White on the show today. That will be at 4.20 Central Time, 5.20 Eastern. Always great to catch up with him. Um, The news and headline of the NFL today, DeAndre Hopkins, Cardinals wide receiver, uh, has been suspended six games for violating the NFL's PED policy. He appealed but has since uh, pulled his appeal. So he accepts the six-game suspension and that will be right out of the gate from weeks one through mid-October, uh, September to October. Um, they'll be without their top wideout. They did just trade for Hollywood Brown. 
Keep in mind they lost Christian Kirk as well this offseason to Jacksonville on a crazy contract. But Where's their bye week? I'm wondering because uh, we were talking about the schedule. But if, if the bye week's in the first six weeks, that counts, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure it does. It it's six not six games. Six, six, games. six games. It's got to be six games. There's no way they would say six six weeks and then allow for a bye week to be one of them. All right. I, I, w- I, I would think it's got to be six games. Yeah, I think it's a six-game suspension. But, Paul, I mean, if it, there, the de- devil's in the details on that. Is it six games or six weeks? Because you're, it's six games without pay, right? It would be six games without pay. Well, six weeks without pay and six games without pay are the same thing. You get paid over 18 weeks now. Yeah, it's actually more spread out, but it's, uh, it's, it's always been the equivalent of uh, – it used to be you get paid – 17-week season, you got paid over 17 weeks. So it, it would have been the same. The NFL draft wrapped up uh, on, on Saturday. We have our, for your consideration, our top drafts of the 2022 NFL draft. Uh, drafts that made sense. And I'll start it with the Kansas City Chiefs. The rich get richer, and this is a great example of of teams that are on top and how you keep the window open long term they end up with Trent McDuffie cornerback from Washington who many considered the second best corner in this class behind Sauce Gardner they get him at pick 21 and pair him with George Karlaftis the edge rusher from Purdue they get younger and more explosive defensively and then end up with Sky Moore speaking of explosion fast speed the wideout from Western Michigan is now the replacement for Tyreek Hill. He will be a star in Kansas City within that offense. And then they end up late in this draft by filling some needs on special teams on day number three in the fourth round by going with uh, Joshua Williams, who is a do-it-all cornerback that they feel like they can develop on the back end of their roster, uh, and a linebacker from Wisconsin, uh, along, along with safety Brian Cook, who they, they needed some help on the back end. They get that with the Cincinnati safety, another program with a ton of picks, Cincinnati. We were giving credit to Alabama and, and Georgia earlier. I go with the Kansas City Chiefs because this is a great example of how you can trade away a piece to your puzzle and not just supplement that production, go find replacements for that production and do it methodically. They had two first-round picks and end up with the replacement for Hill with their third overall selection of this draft. I love Sky Moore in, in that pick, uh, their third pick overall. Now, I, I like this, and this is a great example, as you said, of a team that's on top, that's done very well, and how they stay on top. So why don't I just go with my team right now and give you a team that's on the bottom, and I'm going to show you right now how they stay on the bottom. I'm kidding. I hope not, at least for the Detroit Lions. I love the Lions draft, and I have not said that much in recent years. I think Aiden Hutchinson's the best player in this draft. I think Jacksonville made a big mistake by going Trayvon Walker over him, and I think they're going to pay for that mistake. And the Detroit Lions were so quick with their card to turn it in because they get a hometown kid that is going to make an immediate impact on that defense with Aiden Hutchinson. He's an immediate double-digit sack guy. I believe that for the Lions, and exactly what Dan Campbell wants in a football player. Someone else that everyone should want in a football player is the best receiver in this draft, and that's Jamison Williams. He's got the injury. That's why he dropped a bit. 
but I love the move to trade up from 32 to 12, trading up 20 spots and drafting the Alabama wide receiver. And Josh Paschal was a productive guy at Kentucky. He's got good traits. I think that's a terrific second-round pickup for the Lions. One sleeper in the late rounds that I love, Malcolm Rodriguez from Oklahoma State. Another guy, I think when you go late rounds, I like seeing guys that are productive at the college level. He was productive. He's a great athlete, former quarterback. He was a quarterback when he got to Oklahoma State, converted to inside linebacker. I like that Malcolm Rodriguez pick for the Lions. I love this draft. I I think they got better. They weren't uh, suckered into drafting a quarterback, which I feared they would do. I feared they would stay at 32 and draft a quarterback, even if they weren't crazy about one. They avoided that, and because of that, I think they got better top to bottom. I I love this Lions draft class. You guys know I I love Malcolm Rodriguez. He was one of my three beyond round three on Friday. Um, And and for him, uh, that's about where he was predicted, but that's a great player uh, for a sixth-round type grade for Detroit because he's a two-down linebacker. But he gets after it. He yes. if, if he has a lane, you're going to get hit in the mouth. That's a good draft. Um, I just don't believe in the Lions to, to repair things with a good draft. I don't know if I believe in my team to repair things with a good draft. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I mean, this first five yep. is terrific. Sauce Gardner. I think the best corner in the draft, and this is a team that's going to be needing to cover the likes of Tyreek Hill twice a year. Um, this is a guy that's going to help you do things like that. Garrett Wilson, every every highlight I saw of him, I was going to bring this up earlier. I thought we, when we were talking about highlight reels, I thought the highlight reels of Garrett Wilson were awful because every highlight of Garrett Wilson, he was six to seven yards separate of oh. the person who was defending him. I think they needed to scale back to less highlights of him where there was actually some contention for the ball. Um, four three eight guy. And here, this draft is largely about helping Zach Wilson. Wilson to Wilson is going to be good. I don't love Jermaine Johnson, but I like him at 26. Um, and they had him as a top 10 guy. So they're getting three top 10 guys in Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, and Jermaine Johnson Long, athletic guy with active hands, 6'4", 254, 4'5", That is uh, a, a guy you want on the edge. Brees Hall, probably the best running back in this draft. Really nice vision out of Iowa State. And then Jeremy Ruckert. Um, with the same measurements virtually as I just described for Jermaine Johnson on the edge. 6'5", an inch bigger, 252, two pounds less. Nice target for Zach Wilson, who adjusts the ball. I can't claim to know as much about Max Mitchell, the offensive tackle from Louisiana. He's great. Or Michael Clemens, the edge from Texas A&M. But this is my kind of draft. Well, It ends in the fourth round. Max Mitchell was an all-sunbelt player at Louisiana, and he's over 300 pounds. He's going to need a year. But this is, this is a great example of Joe Douglas knowing exactly the pieces that they lacked last year. They lacked a swing player on the offensive line that's a backup. And that's that's Max Mitchell. They have they have uh, Fant at one tackle. Um they 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 have a they have their starting tackles in place. 
Um, I believe it's Makai Becton, who's yes. their other starter. They have Lakin Tomlinson as Could one of their guards. from San Francisco. Um, he's a good player. This guy can play both spots. He can play tackle and guard, and he's 6'5", 6'6", 310 pounds. I, I mean, he's a beast. Zach Wilson has to have woken up each of these days and just felt phenomenal. And, and I was talking earlier, I didn't bring him up, but in terms of young quarterback getting his team to surround him with improved talent and maximize his chances, here's another one. Well, you can, and I don't think it's that much of a stretch of an argument, argument you could make. They got the best corner, um, the best running back, and maybe the, the best rush end. In the draft. And a top I mean, he talked receiver. about the three guys they value. I'm sorry, best receiver also in Garrett Wilson, which I, I know a lot of people had as their best. I think Jamison Williams is better, but still a uh, really right good haul for, for the Jets. And don't sleep on Michael Clemens. He is a big, strong dude um, that as a fourth-round pick could have some value for them. You mentioned missing Radio City Music Hall earlier. Radio City Music Hall, a highlight was always the Jets fans booing the Jets picks. Oh yeah, particularly the first rounder. Hard they would that. not have been booing this Hard to draft. Boo that. Those guys in the fire helmets, the green fire helmets, drunk Jets fans were giddy about this draft. Um, and they should be giddy about their off season because they've also they they have they've they've also added CJ Uzuma, good player uh, from Cincinnati. I Ended mean, the season hurt that they are going to. Use the crap out of him. Like that, if I'm if I'm looking at that Jets offense and how you have to cover them on the outside, middle of the field is going to be open. I think that is a that is a great pick in the the free agent uh, signings. Listen, it's it's been a nice offseason. This is for a Joe time Douglas. of the year to say crazy things, and we may go back to this tape and say, "Look at the dumb thing Kuharski said." Right now, it feels like. The Jets and the Dolphins could be competing for second and third behind Buffalo in the AFC East. I said it. Well, based on um, the based on the personnel, of, based on the personnel the they've brought in. Yeah, and the Patriots they, need a speedy linebacker. They didn't touch speedy linebacker for some reason. It was a very unconventional draft for the New England Patriots, and they're, they're, they have they were drafting guys from like Southwest Louisiana State and Western Kentucky. It, it and was, two rounds ahead. It was of a draft that screamed, "Look at how much smarter I am than you are." Yes, that's what it seems like. They were just trying to do that the whole time. Now they've got they, a lot they of guys well they be. invested big money in. <laughs> be. They've got a lot of guys they invested big money in veteran free agents a year ago that they didn't quite figure out their fits last year. Who could make big jumps this year? Starting with Johnny Smith, um, you know, and you're never going to count them out. But I'm not nearly as excited about Mac Jones as I am about a lot of these other receivers who all of a sudden have a, a quarterbacks who all of a sudden have a lot of uh, their teams have made huge efforts to surround them with a lot. Meanwhile, they're drafting a, a wide receiver out of Baylor that nobody was buzzing about. Yeah, many thought would be drafted a round or two later. Um, coming up, end of an era in Pittsburgh, Kevin Colbert from Pittsburgh is the Steelers' general manager since 2000. He uh, is, is done with his career. Off to retirement after one final draft that sets him up the quarterback of the future. We discuss what Colbert did in his final draft with Pittsburgh next to now kick 360. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Follow the show on social media at Outkick360. Glad you're with us for Outkick360. Coming up, the headlines of the day, including DeAndre Hopkins has been suspended six games for violating the NFL substance abuse policy, the PED policy. Um, That will be in effect starting week one for the Arizona Cardinals. Details on that coming up. It was Kevin Colbert's final class uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers as uh, his legacy is complete now with everything that he's accomplished as the general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Very emotional press conference with both he and Tomlin. Uh, at the the end of the draft on Saturday, as he's assessing his entire career, and it hit him that you know he's he's now done with his career. Everything is is put to put to rest, uh, and he does it with leaving Pittsburgh in a solid situation at quarterback uh, by signing Mitchell Trubisky and then drafting uh, Kenny Pickett. They're in a spot that they're in the best possible situation to move on from Ben Roethlisberger as quickly as possible. They're not doing it with uh, a short-term solution and a Band-Aid that eventually the next guy inherits and has to... No, they've got an opportunity now to pick up and move forward faster than maybe what a normal rebuild, quote-unquote, would look like if you're losing uh, a 20, 20-year vet at the position. He uh, He's an excellent GM. Been an excellent GM. I always look forward to his podium sessions at the Combine. And... Uh, one thing, and I think Titans fans in particular will take note of this, because pre-A.J. Brown, they had such trouble at wide receiver. Chase Claypool, second rounder. Deontay Johnson, third rounder. Juju Smith-Schuster, second rounder. Emmanuel Sanders, third rounder. Antonio Brown, before craziness, sixth rounder. Mike Wallace, third rounder. Steelers under Kevin Colbert, amazing at wide receiver. Just find them, find them, find them. Got another one, George Pickens, who if he doesn't tear his ACL prior to the start of last season, he's potentially a top 10 pick in this draft with well, the way you look at how, how at, wide receivers are valued And now. he's got some character concerns, but the Steelers are a team that usually does pretty well with those guys or gets out from under them right at the right time like they did with Antonio Brown. It's also crazy to think that they go from a, a future Hall of Fame quarterback to possibly being in a better situation at quarterback given what Ben Roethlisberger was at the very end of yeah. his career coming into this season. Um, we don't know. We know Mitchell Trubisky, we could make the argument, healthy Mitchell Trubisky versus old, old, old man Ben Roethlisberger and who could be more productive. But the future looks pretty good. Uh, Kenny Pickett, top quarterback in the draft, getting him at number 20 to stay in the city where he was playing his college football. I mean, you'll take that if you're Pittsburgh. And they're so, gonna great run job and, all around. They're going to run and play defense well yeah. most of the time. They have some offensive line concerns for sure. Um, but, look, that organization is the model of stability. I, I don't know who you'd call more stable 
historically from from their beginning to the present and um, there's not anyone and he fit right in with that i mean he he did his part they won two super bowls while he was there and they're going to name a new gm sometime soon they conducted interviews in the past i don't know if they bring a second round now or they've got their guy and it's just a matter of naming him that's a hell of a job. Yeah, they said they're going to be conducting that over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but you're right. I mean, by by now they may have they know exactly who they want potentially, um, and and likely it's from within. If if you're thinking along the lines of what Pittsburgh has done uh, traditionally, um, Connor Hayward drafted. He now is the third or the fourth set of brothers to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers in like recent years. What? Um, yeah, it's uh, uh, Connor Hayward, of course, the the brother of Cam Hayward, um, son of Ironhead Hayward, tight end slash fullback type. Yeah, so they they add him, um, and then Demarvin Leal, the defensive lineman from Texas A and M, is a beast. He'll be overlooked because they end up with Kenny Pickett and George Pickens, and offense rules the day. Uh, Leal from from the D line of Texas A and M in the third round. That we will look back on that and think that's the still of the draft from their perspective. We can look at the quarterback spot. That's a first round pick. They're they're investing highly in him. They they get a solid defensive lineman added to uh, a defense that is looking for some youth in that area. So the TJ, four brothers yeah, on the, the Steelers roster: T.J. Watt and Derek Watt, Terrell Edmonds and Trey Edmonds, Carlos Davis, Khalil Davis, and now Cam Hayward and his brother who was just drafted, Connor Hayward. Pretty crazy. That's awesome. Talk about family. Yeah. I mean, if another team was doing it, I'd mock them. But they're doing it, you know, what can you say? Working. They also, um, they drafted a receiver that Baltimore was going to take at pick 139. The problem with that is the Steelers pick at 138. And they drafted Calvin Austin from Memphis. Baltimore had the card filled out, ready to phone it into the league. And... This was in the fourth round, early day, day three, and uh, Pittsburgh gets him one I like pick the before way, he was going to Baltimore. I, I, so Peter King was in Baltimore's draft room during this fourth round with the sixth pick and saw, saw it happen and wrote about it. And, and I like the reaction. You always wonder about this because every team has stories about guys that went the pick before them. Yeah. And I always picture them as crushed by this and dealing with it long-term heartbreak. And they were just kind of like that. Eh, it's it's a part of the draft, happens, you know. So it hurt them, but doesn't you know kill them. Well, the initial reaction was, "You got to be kidding me!" Yeah, right. That was the quote from the room that Pittsburgh got them one last time on the way out, uh, and it was with the wide receiver position. Coming up, speaking of wide receiver, one's missing six games after he just missed five. We'll tell you about Hopkins next. <laughs> 